welcome to Forever Canon, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about the serious dangers of disbelieving. Bum, bum, bum. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And we got Douglas on the bed over there. And you know what? Sometimes we're um, sometimes maybe I should sneak his face into like the episode art. <laughs> just just swap him into our head slots, <laughs> so he looks like he's got a Jedi robe on. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about the podcast. That'd be Tim. awesome. This week we start a new book. We start the second book of the New Jedi Order, titled Dark Tide One Onslaught by Michael A. Stackpole, who, by the way. This might be noisy as I adjust the microphone. Who I realized, getting into this book, he wrote like seven Rogue Squadron X-Wing series books. Oh. He was the guy who wrote probably the first book I ever had, The Kratos Trap or The Back to War. He wrote both of them. Okay. And I had one of those was my first <laughs> ever Star Wars book. So I have him to blame for being absolutely put off by all the jargon and the impenetrability of being 10 years old, trying to figure out grownups flying in space. Yep. Yeah. Not hard, not easy to get into. Whew. But this week I'm older now. <laughs> <laughs> and this book starts off ominous, uh, an ominous, dark undertone of you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's get into it. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we finished Vector Prime, book one of the New Jedi Order by R.A. Salvatore. And it was awesome. Go check out our review. That was a fun. That was a fun book. Yeah. Which makes it even more fun to start this week with the prologue for Dark Tide 1 Onslaught. Again, the name even ominous. Yeah. It's not good. The prologue, it's pretty short. It's a crew of pirates out for their final plundering before retirement. We just got to do that one more job and then quit crime forever. Mm -hmm. It's like a Trailer Park Boys movie type of thing. But whoops, they found some asteroids and whoops, those are not asteroids. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been following along, you may remember from the last book we met the Yuzhan Vong. And they dominate these pirates. And we, the reader, get this prologue to start book two with a bit of a reminder. This is the pirate captain thinking. He didn't know who his attackers were, why they were there, or how their weapons functioned. Just a little reminder for us. Mm -hmm. Hey, those bad guys who just decimated these, you know, humans, these these ships, these people that represent the norm. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they came from. And they we don't know how they do what they do. Yeah, no, they popped out of hyperspace and... Pow, pow, pow. Golden rocks flying through yeah. the, the air. And As... why aren't our shields? Where do my shields go? And it's now... It's hit us. It's eating through the armor now. Yep. And then it's looking like the Yuzhan Vong aren't quite gone. Yeah. And the prologue leads us into, believe it or not, chapter one. And right away, I noticed, we harped on it so much in the last book, no chapter titles. And I was disappointed. And so I said to you, let's make up chapter titles for all these chapters. And then you said, I did two of them. F you. Yeah. I, yeah. I got I got so many chapter titles, buddy. I got so many. Here we go, though. Chapter one, after weeks of waiting to address the Senate on Coruscant, 
The New Republic has been obviously dragging its feet. Princess Leia finally gets the Senate floor to warn the New Republic of these alien invaders that Danny Kui found and we all fought off last book. Which Leia recaps for us quite generously. A previously unknown species has launched a series of attacks in the Rim. They wiped out the Excal 4 station on Belkadan, attacked the world of Debrillion, destroyed the New Republic shift rejuvenator at Halska, and annihilated the world Cernpedal by crashing its moon into it. We managed to locate the alien base at Halska 4 and destroy it, but this does not end the threat. Half a paragraph summed up the entire book, yeah. the entire last book. What have we been doing all this time? <laughs> Why am, I, what, why am I dragging it out so much for? Why don't I just write a single <laughs> half a paragraph, four solid sentences, done. Two-minute episodes. That's what yeah. the people want, right? <laughs> I don't know if they want this. <laughs> but the Yuzhan Vong are not gone. Leia tells us, look it, this is what we did last book, but they'll be back. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like They, they, um, they talk about it logistically or uh, logically. Imagine how much resource expenditure and energy it took to get from one galaxy to another. Yeah, to you break don't through. do that for fun with a like a, a return trip in mind. You spend all your resources to get there and stay there. Yeah, you right. don't. It's not a vacation spot. They're coming here for a reason. Yeah, that's exactly makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. That was just the tip of the arrowhead. You know, there's more coming. But the Senate doesn't listen to her. And so far, they've been giving us a couple of, um, even just, they said, two weeks that they've been waiting. And it's been two months since Danny Kui was captured. So we're getting some timeline. And the two weeks thing is the biggest deal. Like, that last book ended, and then it took two weeks for anybody in the New (laughs) Republic to listen to Princess Leia. Yeah. And then they don't even listen to her. They say she's covering up for the Jedi because what Worth Skidder did at, uh, what was that planet? Uh, Osarian and Ramamul. Thanks, man. Yeah. What he did there was bad guy stuff, and the Jedi are bad guys. We got to get under control. They got to be under government control. They think she's just covering for them. They say she's desperately grabbing for political power. Why is their opinion of her so low right yeah, now? Yeah, it makes it's the war they've defeated the empire six years ago which if you flip you know they have the book list at the beginning if you flip back from this era to the previous one well that ends with the hand of thrawn (laughs) right so they thrawn is somehow overcome defeated ousted whatever the outcome of that may be i've actually never read those books me neither and that'll be fun we'll that weren't those are the last books we're gonna read Mm-hmm. of the podcast based on our structure that we've now set out so can't wait i can't wait <laughs> 55 ish can't wait to get to that but anyways the, uh, the war with the empire ended about six years ago and she sort of abdicated all of her political power to go live a civilian life and raise her family and stuff like that right mm-hmm. she stepped away from being the chief of state or whatever they were calling it at the time and then mon mothma took over and now it's borsk failure because he gonna yeah. Or maybe the Mom Mothman and Leia thing was in reverse order. Either way, why is their opinion of her so low? Yeah. She's pretty rad in galactic history. Yeah, she literally gave up her power without anyone trying to usurp her. Or she just, she's just, like, she okay, just did a good, good guy thing, and now you're all like, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sure. Nobody wants to believe that there's some uh, un 
a known threat that can never be overcome. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just a reluctance to, uh, to acceptance. And that's fine. But there's one Senator who speaks up and he, his name is Elagos Akla. I like his first name. I like his last name. Oh, okay. I like a claw better than Elagos. Elagos? I don't know. How do you say it? Maybe there's, that's why you like uh, it better. I, I say it Elagos, but... Mm, I like Goss. Okay. Anyways, this senator speaks up on her behalf, and mostly we see all the bitter resentment in this exchange but in the new republic that exists between aliens who used to not be allowed part of the government under imperial rule. Mm-hmm. Now all the aliens are in the government, and now they hate all the humans. Which is actually just a really bad metaphor for a word that I can't think of right now for immigration. Okay, yep. They're going to take our jabs. Mm -hmm. And they're going to take over and they're going to hate us because we've oppressed them forever. Well, that's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's called natural consequences. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we're getting a taste of that in the Senate and that's maybe going to be a problem in the New Republic. Maybe that's going to be something to overcome. Maybe it'll be this alien threat from outside the Borg will unite all of, you know, existing uh, sentience in the New Republic or something. But he steps up, he says all this. It seems like the aliens hate the humans and they're still stinging and hurting from all the Empire days. Yeah, understandable. Days. Decades. (laughs) (laughs) The senator must be important, Tim, because he's listed in the front of the book in the uh, Dramatis Personae. Yes. The Dramati Personae. He's listed in there. Mm-hmm. You know who's not? Did you see who wasn't? I Open it up. I'm going to talk for a second. Have a look. Just, we don't have to read all the names out loud. Actually, you can if you want to. But there is a notable name who is absent from the list. And it's not Jaina Solo. <laughs> okay. Don't jump ahead and just assume that's what I'm complaining about. Yes, there's a colleagues. very big no- noticeable name. Whose name is missing? Uh, Han's not there. Han Solo is not listed in the cast of this play. Yeah. Interesting. The senator is. And Akla backs Leia. Chief of State Borsk Falia comes in and threatens them. Yeah. If you try to even research this, if you make this look like it's actual real information at all, I will ruin your life. Yeah. He... What? He, he thinks Leia wants his job. He's just throwing threat everybody's uh, apparently very scared and desperate in the new republic but not because of this threat yeah right they're all just like scrambling for power during this unification period yeah his and his threats aren't you will be murdered you will go to jail it's kind of like you understand what will happen yeah. he doesn't actually you, say you anything. get it right and yeah. then leia's like essentially you're a loser bud and they walk away yeah <laughs> So, the New Republic won't be taking this threat very seriously yet, will they? Leia has apparently lost favor in the government. She has no friends except for one random senator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess her glory days are over, as alluded to in the previous book, where she spent the whole time staring at her champion children. <laughs> I, ah, that's, there we go. Chapter one. The, war, the galaxy is not ready to take this threat seriously. No, they don't have any hard facts. What about a chapter title? You got one for this I got, one? I got one for this one. Oh, snap. What is it? This one I have veiled threats. Oh, that's pretty good. I went with words unheard. Okay. Ah, All right. I like yours too. <laughs> I like mine. That's chapter one. Chapter two. Colonel Gavin Darklighter. Someone we haven't read about much in the books. Mm-hmm. Younger cousin 
of Luke's friend from Tatooine who was edited out of A New Hope. Well, in, out of the intro of The New Hope. He's he's the guy who, like, they show up on the X-Wings after they, they run the first mission or whatever, and he's the big tall guy with dark hair mm-hmm. who looks like, oh, they know each other, right? They yeah. recognize each other from home. This is his cousin. That's Biggs. That's yeah. Biggs Darklighter. This is Gavin Darklighter, his younger cousin. And he's sitting in an X-Wing simulator, and he says, run, skip, chaser. And right away, I'm like, whoa. They got it. Yuzhan Vong simulations already? It's <laughs> yeah. only been two weeks. Yeah. that's Somebody's been moving fast. Somebody has been taking it seriously. So that's good. Maybe it's just the Jedi. Yeah, it Maybe. could be. I don't but... know. But there's a lot of ship talk here. Like I said, Michael A. Stackpole wrote a lot of X-Wing series books featuring people like Colonel Gavin Darklayer mm-hmm. in Rogue Squadron, in Wraith Squadron, in other squadron name I can't think of and stuff you know they, these he's gonna bring a lot of pilots who were scattered all across that series yeah and he gets like deep into the technical flying details and the information uh, like the uh, just nerding out about the ships you know what I mean? yeah it's not as sleek as the XJ but it's a little more right. updated than this yeah yeah and and the left rear quadrant panel has this sort of flare to the upper quadrant and I say quadrant it, twice it can bank see, right that's, better, that's how you know, I don't know what I'm saying yeah. I say quadrant twice but anyways, he wrote like five or six X-Wing books, so we're probably going to talk about the ship details a lot. Not my favorite thing in the world, but enjoy it if you do. Gavin lasts 25 seconds against the Coral Skipper in this simulation. Very concerning. Yes. Even more concerning is that after his 25-second success, an admiral would like to personally congratulate him. <laughs> and we cut to Gavin's got a whole life. We go to his office where he's got a picture of adopted orphans that he rescued with Rogue Squadron He and then adopted them. A wife that he found uh, along his travels. And they had, had three more kids. Yeah. She's from like a water world. Yeah, and he met her. He's she a was sand boy from Tatooine. Yeah, she was like the... Uh... Like the go-between for the adoption. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she the worked at the adoption agent. agency lady. And then ended up, married her, had three more kids together. So like a seven-person family. We are going deep on Gavin Darklighter at the beginning of the book. Mm. He's listed in the dr- Dramati Personae. But is he going to be a main character? Because he, I, I would like not, it. I would not put that past Michael Stackpole at all. I'm yeah. going to write about a character I love and have written about plenty of times before. Yeah, use him. It's it, it's a whole galaxy. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Not every like. book has to be exclusively Luke, Leia, and their progeny and lovers. Mm-hmm. It can also be Gavin Darklighter. Maybe he's going to be a main character in this book, or is he going to be a quick reminder that anyone can die at any time? <laughs> Very possible. If I'm watching a movie at the beginning of the movie, someone goes, "Oh, I can't wait to retire." You're dead. Yeah, you're so dead. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the emotional sacrifice and you're so dead. So here's Gavin staring at a picture of his seven kids and wife. No, that wasn't right. His five kids and his wife. And and then he trails off thinking how something went wrong as a white furred, violet eyed, bothan Admiral Traced Crefe pops in the office to chat about that new sim they've got from Leia's data. Someone listened. Yeah. 
Even within the structure of the New Republic, uh, with all the threats that are being handed down from the top, to not take this seriously, as always, there are dissenters. Yeah, someone, someone, someone listened. Someone took, because she left all the information. She's like, here you go. Yep. Go over Do it. Do with it you- what you will. And yep. that was part of the threat, too, was you better not, nobody better open that book. Okay? Opening that book means it's legitimate, and you better not. Yeah. <laughs> but someone did. And Admiral Trace Crefe here is right behind it. It's career-ending if his uncle, cousin, Borsk were to ever find out about this. Yeah, they're, they're related. related. Somehow their clans have marriage. crossed paths. Yeah. That's what, even what Gavin said. I'm yeah. not sure how, but he's got the purple eyes of the Yeah, of the with, with gold flecks uh, yeah. where the rest of his family is just gold eyes. Yeah, and he's, yeah, it's, it, he's a cool sounding Botham, this guy. But... If Borsk ever finds out Leia's story is being listened to, I'm going to throw your whole life in the trash. Cool. <laughs> Just let's remember that's hanging over everybody, I guess, right? That guy's a loser. That Borsk Borsk, failure, yeah. he's going to fail you. <laughs> I just, I feel it. Gavin and Trace have a chit-chat about how this is real. There might actually be bad news out there. So we're going to conspire to send Rogue Squadron Coral Skipper Hunting in the outer rim under the guise of hunting for pirates yep and there's lots about gavin and bothans and something that happened at borlaeus and kamasi old rogue squad backstory baby because mm-hmm. they're gonna be important or maybe a sad sacrifice <laughs> what about this you got a chapter title for this one uh, this one i do not i do old allies new enemies I almost ate my tongue saying allies somehow. You do kind of have to for the L's. Too many L's in a row. Yeah. That's my title. That's chapter two, man. Look at We're flying. Chapter three. Luke Skywalker makes his entrance into the book. We started with Leia. Last book, we started with Leia and Jaina and Mara. Girl power. Yeah. Let's be about it. Luke Skywalker coming in to the story. Contemplating... The Jedi Order, at a memorial here for all the fallen Jedi. The newest name, Miko Reglia. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. But good job. Because his sacrifice let Jason Solo escape with Danny Quee and all this proof. Imagine if you didn't even have all this proof. Nobody believes all this proof. What if you had even less? <laughs> yes, then what? Have... Then there's no simulator in an X-Wing cockpit. Like, you there's... dead people, witnesses, and scientific data. Nah. It's not uh, real. It's they have a coral skipper, dude. Yeah, they have all this Luke stuff. Luke plugged it into his head and three POs in the last book. Anyways, Luke's here thinking about uh, how he's leading the Jedi Order and you know being contemplative of the lives that have been lost along the way. And then Corrin Horn comes into the room, bringing all the drama. He's like, ah, don't worry, Mara won't die. Nobody asked you. <laughs> he's like looking at Luke, looking at sad things. And he's like, your wife's name's not going to be on there. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, she's not going to get a headstone. No. Also, Kip arrived. He's too flashy. Okay. I don't like him. <laughs> Drama. Uh, also, there's a lot of kids now. If, since Kip is being such a hotshot, a lot of kids want to be a martyr like Miko Reglia now. Yeah. And they're all admiring Kip. And yeah. It's not easy to lead this group of Jedi, is it, eh? The 100-ish Jedi that have gathered here at the behest of Luke Skywalker. They do make him proud. 
even if they might happen to be divided into two groups for drama's sake. Pro and anti-Kip. Like, he's just the focal point of this philosophical argument. Yeah. Are we protectors or are we enforcers? What do we do? Do we sit back and solve problems as they come? Or should we be out in the galaxy proactively solving people's problems for them? Sit in it. Because we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with that philosophical problem for the entirety of the Jedi Order, I bet. Like yeah, they probably always have. Think about you know like what Obi Wan and Anakin, how different they were in their philosophies and their beliefs of what the Jedi Order was and what it should be doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of that gets expl- expressed in the Col- I can't talk now in the Clone Wars cartoons and where you go more in depth into their actual relationship, but. Ah, just we're get used to it, man. We're not sure how the Jedi should be running themselves. We're not sure if the Jedi should be running themselves. If anybody should be running them. We don't know what to do because we're magic and we're new. Yeah. There hasn't been a Jedi order in 70 years, yeah. 60 years. It's been 80 years. It's been destroyed. It's, it's the, there hasn't, sorry. Go it's ahead. the, we have, we have power. Why shouldn't we use it? Yeah. And, then, and learning how to properly navigate yeah, that, apply right? that power in a in a like a good benevolent way, rather than a force your position on someone else. Yeah, well, <laughs> apply, yeah, well, kept earning, <laughs> <laughs> worth skitter, if you will. Yeah. Anyways, there's Which two groups. There's two groups gathered in the hall. There clearly, there's everybody who likes Kip on one side, standing together. Everybody who doesn't, standing together on the other side. Jason. Standing in the middle at the back. Yep. Refuses to choose a side. Kind of off by himself. He's the gray Jedi. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, not literally, but he's the guy who's going to walk his own path. Mm -hmm. He's not going to choose one side or the other of an argument. He's going to stand outside of the argument and try to understand it. Yeah. Again, him and Anakin having very different philosophies. Anakin is... Choosing Luke Skywalker. He's standing close to Luke, I guess. He's not on Kip's side, even though he totally reflects that ideology. Yeah, he's he definitely looks towards looks towards Kip like the rest of the kids as as some like a like, like an ideal an type idol. Jedi. A bit of an yeah. idol. Yeah, ideal is, is good yeah. too. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just I said I said a slightly one vowel less word <laughs> just before you did. Luke asks Kip to tell us all about the Yuzhan Vong. He puts the dissenter, the guy who's causing all this ruckus, he's at the center of disagreement. Mm-hmm. He puts him in charge of giving us all the information. Why? Well, because he was attacked by them in the last Yeah, he book. was there. He had 13 friends get murdered by them. Yeah. Doesn't need to guess. Nailed it. I, I had to Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. But he knows. He was there. He's seen it firsthand, and so he delivers all the information. And then Luke throws in a little, P.S., didn't you notice that you can't feel them in the Force, dummy? He's, like, being a little bit condescending to Kip. He's, like, giving him some jabs back, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. hey, man, we're all going to fight, I guess. Kip says, we will win with the Force and lightsabers, bros. Yeah, we're going to go out there, and we're going to fight them, and we're going to win. Aha! And so following his uncle's lead, having poked Kip for being a bit of an idiot, 
Mm-hmm. Jason has some words. Listen to yourself, Kip, and think about what you're saying. The Yuzhan Vong are camouflaged against the senses we rely on. They've got armor and weapons that a lightsaber can't cut instantly, and they're trained warriors. More importantly, if Master Skywalker's thinking is correct, they will be coming in numbers suitable for conquering a galaxy. Even if each of us stands against a thousand of them, we will be too few. Dummy. <laughs> like you can't just go fight them. There's 100 of us, and they're coming to take over a galaxy. It's it's another, you know, another look at let's logically consider what must be behind that first attack. There there's not 100 of them versus 100 of us. They're coming to take over a galaxy. What kind of army would you bring with you to do that, Kip, yeah, yeah. the idiot, Durin? Like, yeah. he's just like, he's party Thor right now. Like, mm-hmm. in the Marvel What If episodes. But, man, Jason follows Luke's lead and just lights him up. Yeah. So, I guess Kip's dumb. I guess he's like a dude, bro. And it, there's such a... It, Kip is Kip is to the point, like, um, Anakin's like, yeah, use the, use the Force as a weapon. Yeah. Kip's even more so... Because yeah. he he's actually him and done. his dozen and two Avengers have been out there harassing pirate schemes and scams for the entire last book. And it surprises me that Kip is still into it when he did that exact thing and got wrecked. I know. Maybe now he's just maybe he's just leaning into it more because he lost all his friends. He needed more firepower. There, there were only two Jedi in there, right? Him and Nico. Yeah. Yeah. The rest were good pilots, but but either way, man, not Jedi. It's just yeah. Speaking actually of him losing all his friends, Luke thinks that Kip is close to the edge, mm-hmm. close to the edge of the dark side. He uh, reminisces about how Kip blew up a planet once. <laughs> <laughs> He's been close to the dark side before. But what he says out loud is, tells all these Jedi to prepare for missions. I'm going to give you all work to do. We've never done this before. So it seems. We've never, I've, Luke Skywalker, have never summoned all of my Jedi, who I taught. Yep. With ga- Jedi that I gathered, I taught, we all taught you. I'm telling everyone to get here together, and I'm going to give you all jobs to do. Apparently, that has never happened. Yeah. And what a reestablishment this seems to be of the Jedi Order officially. And it'll it'll be interesting, interesting to see how many of them listen Or just go, well, that's not what we've been doing, so I'm going to go do my thing. Right. And to that point, he sends them a message saying, stand together or we will lose our galaxy. At the end of every chapter, there's a bit of a heavy-handed recap of what the psychological message is supposed to be. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I I have. I noticed it. I did notice that. This one's one's especially on the nose. This one is pretty (laughs) heavy-handed at the end of it, yeah. You got a chapter title for this one? I came up with one. Oh, see? Yes. (laughs) Give me what you got. Divergent Days. Ooh, I like that. I got, I want a divisive reunion. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Because everybody's all divided and then he's going to divide them up even more. Anyways. Chapter four. Leia is at home on Coruscant. Packing for... A sneaky little getaway with Senator Aklaw, a Kamasi who have special memory powers. 
Mm-hmm. And a drunken Han Solo plops down on the couch. Almost falls down the stairs. And he says, please help me forget. Oof. And then we get to we get to relive this a little bit through Han Solo's eyes. This wonderfully fresh wound. He says, I saw him. Don't you get it? I saw him standing there as the moon hit Cernpedal. The air just combusted. He was standing there roaring, screaming. The light turned him black. Just a silhouette, then it ate into him. I saw his bones. They turned black too, then white, so white I couldn't watch. Then nothing. Han swiped at his nose with a hand. My best friend. I spit on the mic. My only true friend. And I let him die. How am I supposed to live with that? How do I get that out of my head? Tell me. Yeah. That's oof. That hurts so bad. That's that's a really nice, like, real representation of this guy's grief. Like, that's a this is a well-written scene of a very sad man. Yeah. A very hurt and broken man whose entire life is changed. Yeah. From the moment he walks onto the scene because he's all disheveled, he's dirty, he's, he's got drunk. got a beard, he stinks. He, he stumbles down the stairs. Cr- bumps into the wall. Yeah. Flops on the couch with a thousand pounds of weight. <laughs> yeah. And then, after that absolute brutal agony, he says, quote, Chewbacca died hating me. I abandoned him. That sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. That sucks so bad. Of course not. Yeah. When the logic comes through the sadness, of course not. But what a way for Han Solo to feel. What a, what a, this is gonna hurt. And then he gets angry and then he gets defeated and then he gets sadder and whoops, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> this scene was so sad, man. Like it was he gets all mad at the memory guy. The memory guy's just like saying a lot of really nice, like therapeutic things. And then accidentally says something about like, you don't tell me what my friend would think. Yeah. He starts getting mad and he's like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. He says something about you're demeaning his memory or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You're demeaning his memory by saying that he would hate you. Don't tell me that I'm demeaning my friend's memory. And that's just so sad, but it's very real, I guess is why it's so sad. And to make it even sadder to say that word a few more times, Leia is leaving. She's got a job. She leaves 3PO in charge of Han Solo. Get him the list of bars that have a lot of fights lately that he asked for. And just make sure when he comes home that he is taken care of. Yeah. Call Wedge. Call somebody. It is so sad. She has to leave. She has to go save the galaxy. She tried to stay here on Coruscant and get action happening here. It's not. She can't. She can't save her husband. She has to go save the galaxy. She can't help her broken best friend. Which is representative Anakin not being able to save one person, having to save the whole ship. Exactly, right? Oh. So Han's not going to be in this very much, huh? No, he's left alone on Coruscant. As Leia is heading out to the Outer Rim, where maybe somebody will listen to them, because it happened here. Yeah. Aha! It's closer to home. 
She's like, your neighbor's house got lit on fire, <laughs> not someone two cities away. Yeah. Right? Oh, I bet that happens over there all the time. <laughs> no, dude. We're going to go straight to the source. <laughs> and I guess Luke and Leia in the spotlight, right? That's what we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. He's going to give all the Jedi missions, and she's going to go gather up all of the military support, political support, yeah. people power. Rallying all the regular plans. people. Yeah. Because isn't that kind of a representation of the two of their own paths? Not just obviously she chose a political career, but she chose to not train as a Jedi. Yeah. Like he did. She didn't come to the academy and run the academy and teach students or learn herself really, right? Yeah, because she, being his twin, to could some have degree, been she, close to his equal. To some she degree, would've... she did some training, but yeah, like she never definitely chased that potential. Nope. And so the representation is... He's the Jedi. She is the people. Mm-hmm. And there they go for the rest of this book on their paths. What about this chapter, though? You got a title for this chapter? I do not. I do. Memories of Leaving. That's okay. layered. It's That's layered. A, I like that That's one. a good one. That is That's a, good a really one. good one. She's leaving her husband. She's going to remember that. It's such a bad leaving. It's so sad. He had to leave Chewbacca. He will never forget that. Even if you ask an alien to erase your brain. <laughs> that's the kind of chapter titles I want in my books. But Leia's off to the rim. Gavin too. Luke has gathered the Jedi to work together. And we know that the Vong are out there. Mm-hmm. An exciting start to this. Dark Tide 1 onslaught. Whew. What happens at the rim? Find out next week. When we cover... New Jedi Order, Book 2, Dark Tide 1, Onslaught, Chapters 5 through 8. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. United we stand, divided we fall, getting what I deserve, reaping what I sow. (laughs) (laughs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.